Hello again. God, you're looking a bit soggy. Coming quickly out of the cold. Did you happen to spot the janitor out there? You can't miss him. He's a ginormous man in blue overalls and he has no eyes or nose. Does he have ears? I can't remember. Neither can I. As you can probably tell, it's been a while since we've had a good clean. I would definitely lock the door just to be safe. What did his name tag say today? Oh, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Thank God for that. (laughs) He takes the name of whoever last let him into their home to clean. Be careful not to let him into yours or be your name on that tag. Oh, look, there he is. Can you see if he's smiling or frowning? He's smiling. So whatever you do, don't unlock that door. No matter what he whispers to you. And definitely don't answer any of his questions. Ugh, I can't stop looking at him. Should we get name tags? It might help bloody remember. Well, as they've likely forgotten, I'm Lily, or Bug if you're nasty. And I'm still Bella. And we're just two gore whores with a mouthful of amoebas. And this week, we dove into a supernatural horror movie by the name of The Unborn, released in the year 2009, when I was nine years old. You baby. (laughs) (laughs) Strap in and make yourself comfortable, because I have a lot to say about this one. I hope you like spoilers. And ghost boys with silly names. I know I do. Now, let's begin. Right, you, Bug, what have you been up to this week? Well, uh, yeah, since we've last hung out with our dearest guest, I shaved my mohawk off, right, returned to um, factory settings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I decided that, well, I don't know if bright colours suit me like that. Also, I'm way too lazy to grow out my hair, but upside it made me realize that i never want to grow up my hair again so i'm i'm go. gonna be bold till i die you're gonna be rocking the sophia the robot look forever literally <laughs> love that so whilst that was a beauty win <laughs> i guess sure we, yeah yeah <laughs> i okay. don't know how else to put it like to, that to phrase that i i did a huge beauty fail Ugh, I hate that word, but... Um, yeah, you sounded like a BuzzFeed type headline just then. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 uh, beauty fails. <laughs> this is a top 10 beauty fail, it though. This is. should be number one on that BuzzFeed list. It's just a picture of me and what yep. I did to myself, which was um, I tried to bleach my eyebrows, which, to preface, I have done before to success. It normally takes me about 10 minutes to leave the bleach on for them to go white but that's on um virgin hair eyebrows whereas more recently i've been very into tinting my eyebrows very very dark brown or black because i like i like the bushy thick look so then when i tried to bleach them they just went that bad orange color mm, you know you know the bad bleach color eyebrows and i was like okay well that's 
I can't ha- be having that. And I've already gotten this far. So I guess I'll just leave the bleach on for another 40 minutes. What could happen? Bad, very bad things to your skin. And what could happen is my eyebrows never went pale enough. They just sort of were flesh tone. So then I just looked like I had no eyebrows, which was not what I was going for. I wanted like white eyebrows. So I dyed them back, which also probably irritated them further, but was the only option other than shaving them off. And they turned into huge, giant, thick Groucho Marx sized scabs on my forehead <laughs> like from a distance oh. i just look like kk slider mr scabby eyebrows up close they were just huge disgusting bleeding scabs so mm. i don't yeah. know i mean within the context of the gorporium i think that was a beauty win <laughs> perhaps <laughs> you know what's what's going on with your your hair it looks shit is the answer currently um i've developed a really fun skin condition and i think we've talked about this but i'm going to term it as adult cradle cap Mm -hmm. it's really really disgusting and so i'm trying to figure out what to do with my hair because i can't bleach it because that will only irritate my head more yeah i think ditch ditch any kind of chemical yeah for sure so i'm not go au natural i'm not really sure i did i I did have my hair like tied back in a i had like a headscarf on because i didn't want to burn my parting um and so i had a headscarf on my hair was pulled back and i was like you know what maybe i'd look kind of good with a shaved head i think you would i was thinking about this recently like i literally woke up and inexplicably one of my first waking thoughts was just bella should shave her head (laughs) (laughs) it's because we share a brain one brain cell between the two of us i know what i'm thinking about it i think what i might do though is uh like shave like have an undercut for a while and see how Mm -hmm. that goes and then maybe i'll shave the rest of it who knows i'm just a little bit afraid that when we do facetime calls it will look like a couple of (laughs) eggs (laughs) that's okay that's that's a vibe i think People just come into the shop and we're both just like aggressively bald. Just a couple of eggs hanging out. No problem. I think that you should do it. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. If you do, we need to like record you doing it. Oh God. FaceTiming over Zoom. (laughs) Catch me selling it to like, you know, those weird fetishists who like are really into people shaving their heads. That's what I would do. I've gotten people... You know, they'll compliment me on, you know, whatever social media forum being like, oh, I love I love the bold look or whatever. And then I see that it's not a woman who said that. And I get a bit. You're like, hmm, sus. Yeah. And I go to their page. It's like a middle aged man. And all he posts is like bold women. And I'm like, huh? Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, I see. As fetishes go. It's a pretty innocent one. It's pretty, like, harmless, I would say. Um, they just think it looks really good. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Maybe, well, you know, if I need some extra cash, then fine. <laughs> yeah. Sorted. I wonder if I could make a mint doing that. <laughs> probably. A mate, probably. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Men will pay for a lot of very strange things, it has to be said. 
This reminds me, I was looking, because I've been start, I've been knitting recently. Yes. And me and mum were looking at like wool to buy and this sort of stuff. And we were on eBay and we kept coming across these photos of like women who I guess were nude, although it was hard to tell, wearing okay. incredibly massive mohair jumpers. And we were like, there's nothing intrinsically weird about this, but it's just giving me a weird vibe. You know, you just sometimes get a vibe <laughs> yeah. that something's a fetish and you're like, mm, yeah, this is weird. Uh, and it, we looked it up and it turns out there is a community of people known as Woolies who are really into knitted stuff. I think oh. that so there's some people that really liked the feeling of mohair on their bare skin, which fair enough, it is very nice and soft if you get like proper good mohair. Um, yeah but there's also people who are into like knitted bondage and so you'll have these people who've made like full body like almost like a gimp suit like a full body knitted (laughs) suit and their like face is covered and their whole head is covered except it just has a little hole at the bottom just a little just a little penis hole (laughs) i'm like i mean i'm not into that but like I'm into it. I respect it. These people literally just said, <laughs> fuck everyone. I am going to live in my wool bodysuit with my little butthole hole. Yeah, I mean... And they just, they just said, fuck I've gotta normality. Say, I would rather wear that than like a full latex. I don't. Suit. I don't think I'd even be able to get into latex. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I know that you put, like, fucking baby powder and all this shit on to slip yourself into a latex outfit. But I just think I'm built different. There's no way I'm getting in there. <laughs> Zero chance. I'm so naturally oily that I would just slip right in. <laughs> Ew. But I don't think that I have the body for latex. I don't, I'm not sure that I do either, honestly. Oversized clothes are my friend, not skin oh, tight latex it's not for me it's just not for me yeah uh have you been up to anything else i went and saw on easter sunday i went and saw some very cute baby lambs mm-hmm. that are very sweet they're jacob's sheep lambs and they are white with black spots and they're absolutely adorable and i also went and saw the miniature ponies and some goats that tried to headbutt me and I saw some nice dogs. It was lovely. That does sound lovely. That sounds like a very... It was a nice nice Easter Sunday. Yeah, a very wholesome Easter. Like a how Easter should be, I guess. (laughs) Going to see, like, baby animals. Yeah, we just sat outside in the sunshine, saw some baby animals. It was lovely. I had a nice Easter lunch with the family easter lunch easter lunch with the in-laws oh lovely i also went to my mate's house who made also a big feast and i got really pissed <laughs> wonderful so yeah it's been it's been nice i've also been productive been <laughs> oh yeah this is you know what we'll go and put this in the recommendation section are you ready to move to that yeah i'm yeah absolutely okay before we get into movie recommendations do you have any game recommendations because I feel like I know exactly what you're setting me up for. Yes, I do. And yes, because we need a we need a update. Okay, so I said last time you were at the Gorporium that I would update you about Little Nightmares Two because it I just bought it, but I haven't started playing it yet. It is 
absolutely bloody fantastic as expected to be honest me and my friend victor were playing it and like he was better at the game but more easily spooked by things and i was less spooked but actively worse at the game and so we basically didn't get very far because we would just keep handing it over to the other one who would like it just constantly like two minutes at a time it was very (laughs) frustrating because we like one of us just wouldn't be able to do it for some reason i think i would be too scared but quite good at it because that's what happens in most horror games i'm like oh yeah i'm doing really well and then i'm like oh no i'm way too scared (laughs) (laughs) it's great though i mean the character design the set like my set design environment design i should say Mm -hmm. and everything is so beautiful it's so amazing i might get it i don't know everything about it is so cool man like the creature designs are so horrific i like that there's no dialogue it's the whole thing is so cool yeah I I was really scared to, when I played the first game and I don't I didn't finish it and kind of like handed it off to you but I may try again because <laughs> I feel like I've gotten braver from playing like Resident Evil 2. Oh my god, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay, so movies. Do you have any yeah. movie recommendations? Oh. Do I? I don't really think so. I haven't been watching that many movies other than with you, so I know you're going to rail off a couple that we've seen together. So yeah, so uh, I'll just go through them real speedy quick. But I was just going to say, I've been watching Hannibal, and it's oh, yes. wonderful, uh, because Mads Mikkelsen is inexplicably the sexiest man alive. Oh, I know so many... <laughs> I... Oh, God. I'm so scared my one friend is going to listen to this, because she is not somebody that finds Mads Mikkelsen sexy and I oh, no. every time she's asked me if I find Mads Mikkelsen sexy <laughs> I've always lied and just been like no no but I don't really I don't really get it but I do how can but you I lie do. to yourself like but that? I do get it he's so sexy <laughs> I don't care that he's like fucking I don't even know how old he is 50 oh, I don't know yeah maybe I don't care I would let Hannibal absolutely eat my legs. I don't give a shit. Like, oh my god. Also, speaking of Mads Mikkelsen, um, go. There's a really good movie that he was in last year called Another Round, which is a Dutch oh. movie that you should definitely watch, and everyone should definitely watch because it was mm, definitely my top three favorite movies of 2020. Oh, okay. I will. I will look into it. But yeah, recommendations for this week. We've got Would You Rather, 2012, director David Guy Levy, which is sort of a psychological, Saw-esque type of shenanigan, yeah. which some Jeffrey people don't Combs like. In it. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Jeffrey Combs. Combs He's Combs. a fan- fancy rich man. He is, who likes to eat He peanuts. looks like the Monopoly man. There's <laughs> so much Foley in that movie, which is just like <laughs> him slurping on fucking pistachios or whatever. He'll just be like, yes, I would like you to cut off your finger. <laughs> and I'm like, I've had enough of it. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> Please stop eating pistachios with the microphone that close to you. Ugh. But it is a great movie, it has to be said. I really like it. Some people don't, but, you know, it's what it is. Whatever. I'm personally pretty keen. That's their prerogative. Um, we've got The Host from 2006, directed by Bong Joon-ho, who's one of my favourite directors. It is a Korean monster movie about this big sort of amphibious creature who lives in the Han River. It's great. 
I would highly recommend it. Ooh, it was way it more emotionally so upsetting than I was anticipating, but I do highly recommend it. Shin Godzilla 2016, directed by Hideaki Anno. Uh, it is my favorite Godzilla movie. And that's basically all I'm going to say about that. I think it's the best yep. one. Excellent. The end. And then we've got Tom at the Farm 2013, directed by uh, Xavier Dolan, who's, uh, I'm very just up his ass in general. Like, I <laughs> love basically everything he creates, but this might be my new favorite. It is sort of a psychosexual, spooky, gothic thriller thing. Love it. Very into it. It was very good. Excellent. All right. Let's do this tagline and poster. Yeah, please. Okay, right. Okay, I'm gonna give you the oh taglines. My God. Oh my they're God. not good. I will. I'm sure they're not. Warn you. Evil will do anything to live. Um. Okay, it's bad yeah. as a starting point. I don't really. I mean, I say as a starting point. There's nothing to expand on upon that statement. It's just bad. It's just bad. Yeah, it do just be bad. It's just not good, is it? The second one is evil wants to be born now or alternatively it wants to be born now because I guess they realized that the name of the ghost which I shall not reveal yet is so stupid (laughs) they could not use it as a tagline they can't use it it as a tagline if they did I would lose my mind though it'd be so funny yeah those are both bad taglines I'm sorry very rarely is there a good tagline yeah we we tend to hate taglines as a whole but sometimes they're yeah. good the 80s sometimes had some like winners passable. 70s too yeah you know aliens got a good tagline they exist oh, that's very true yeah they do exist but i feel like it's it's a rare occurrence for me especially not for movies of like this, this caliber that i i would say yeah all right yeah. do you want to describe the poster and give some opinions on uh, it uh, yeah okay so the poster objectively horrible okay so we've got our main character she's stood facing a mirror so we can see her back and very gratuitously her like butt in like a pair of white underpants so interesting decision making there very male gazy doesn't work for me no i don't like i don't like a panty shot on a poster for christ's sake She's looking into a mirror. However, the way her head is angled in the mirror versus her full body that's facing the mirror, they're completely different. So that's not how mirrors work. I just, you know, want to point out. And then behind her in the mirror, there's a fancy little Victorian looking ghost boy. <laughs> so that's very fun. It, the thing is about it is that it's so obviously been composited later yeah, this yeah, is not a real photograph. Yeah, yeah, nothing's real in it. Pretty it's, much, <laughs> looks it looks like garbage. It looks like a Nancy Drew background. Like the there's these tiles and like the mirror and every the way everything's been rendered looks so fakey and yeah, like, like garbage. Looks, <laughs> yeah, like the shadow is all wrong. Like there's it no just, dimension to it. It's not. It's not good. It's the not p- good. Portions and perspective and just everything is not. The right. lighting doesn't make any sense. She doesn't have any light on the same side as her f- of her face as she does on her no. arm. Like the lighting is coming from two different directions. It doesn't make any sense. I I hate it. I hate it. It's a bad poster. It's a zero out of ten. I hate it. <laughs> yep. It's dark. It's unreadable. It's 
no it's bad it's bad it's, yeah, i don't like it's it really one of my least favorite posters ever and it has, it has actually to been be for a long time and it's why i never watched this movie is because i hated the poster <laughs> it's so a much. garbage poster yeah all right well shall we get into the meat <laughs> yes chomp into the meat let's get into the meat your mother never told you but i knew by living, you denied it entry into our world. He wants to be born now. Welcome to the meat. In this section, we will go through our own synopsis of the movie, relaying the events, the thoughts we had whilst watching, and sprinkling in a little bit of trivia for good measure. Yes, that's right, the trivia portion of your visit at the Gorporium is no more, and instead the synopsis is better than ever. So, The Unborn is a supernatural horror movie from 2009. It was directed and written by David S. Goyer, who is best known for writing various DC comic book movies such as Batman Begins and Batman vs. Superman. I just want to... I I did... I have... I just want to comment there on the disparity between... I thought it was good to... uh, Batman Begins and... (laughs) It sure is a fucking range. (laughs) The Unborn had a budget of 15 to 16 million dollars, you know, that's estimated, and Fuck. made 76.5 million in box office. It received overwhelmingly negative reviews and currently has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.8 on IMDb, and a 1.9 on Letterboxd. So it's not looking good. It's not a glowing start, I would say. No. Right, character (laughs) breakdown. Before we begin, I'll list the main characters and the actors who play them so you can put some faces to names. However, there's two that I'm actually going to redact from this list because I think they'll be funnier as a secret to reveal later. The secret. Right, so... Oda Annabelle as Casey Belden, Carla Gugino and James Ramar as Casey's parents, Cam Gigan Det as Mark Hardigan, Megan Good as Romy, Ethan Kutkowski as Barto, aka Creepy Ghost Child, Attica Schaefer as Matty, aka Creepy Alive Child, and Jane Alexander as Sophie Cosma. Now, a little content warning here. There is mentions of the Holocaust, anti-Semitism, child experimentation, child and baby death, and pregnancy loss ahead. Obviously, we will try to keep things light and not go into too many grisly details about stuff that can be triggering. But obviously, there is plot points that we can't ignore. And the Holocaust is a main theme of this movie. So we can't gloss over it entirely. So just... Tread lightly. So, new segment alert. Woo! We've got one yep. minute summaries, which is our little. We just see if we can even fucking remember the movie. Usually, <laughs> yeah, before I we can't. get into it. Yeah, yeah, so before we actually, yeah, lay out the fucking plot in excruciating detail, we'll just do a quick attempt, a game, as it were, to see if we yeah. can lay down the plot for you in 60 seconds. We probably cannot uh no no i would assume that i cannot do that so all right bella oh, you're should first? I go first yeah okay yeah. Uh, christ let me just let me just go into my fucking mind palace <laughs> and remember the, the film because it's now been a few days since i watched it and it's fading slowly away from me <laughs> 
it's being yeah. sucked away from my it's memories. It's starting to look pretty hazy at this point. Okay, no. It was never vivid in my mind. It was I never vivid. The, whilst e- even whilst watching it, it wasn't vivid. So No, no. <laughs> right, count me down. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Casey's a babysitter. The weird kid she's babysitting whacks her in the head with a mirror. She has weird blunt force trauma and her eye starts going all funky and blue. She goes to the eye doctor and the eye doctor's like, hey, this weird heterochromia means that you have a, qu- a twin. And she goes to talk to her dad and her dad's like, yeah, you do have a twin. Um, and so then, oh, fuck, I can't remember. They're, so basically she okay no this is so bad i cannot remember this fucking movie which you know tells you all you guys need to know really um she finds her maternal grandmother um who was also a twin and her twin brother died and now he's coming back as a evil spirit to cause havoc for other people and then they try and get an exorcism and it goes kind of wrong and people die in the process all right, three. I guess that's good two, enough. One. You're done. Yeah, that's well. It's fine. It was passable. Maybe I'd give it a yeah. C minus. Yeah, I'd maybe give it. A, I mean, yeah, C minus is probably C minus. It wasn't a, fa- a failure. It was. I actually just, uh, did. I managed to actually wrap up most of the plot within that. Yeah, there's just I mean, so that's... many other sort of stupid tangents in it that obviously I missed, Honestly, but that's fine. It's a very confusing plot generally. So summarizing yeah. it is not an easy challenge. Alright. Right. I'll but time I am, you. I'm ready. Okay, right. Three, two, one, go. Alright. Casey. Uh she has a single dad and a dead mom and a shitty boyfriend and a best friend played by Megan Good. She's a theology student or a philosophy student. I don't think any of that really matters, but she gets whacked upside the head. Her eye starts turning blue from blunt force trauma. She realizes she might have a twin. Turns out she did have a twin who she incidentally or accidentally uh murdered in the womb. And uh that doesn't really go anywhere. You've and had half then she meets uh, this old lady who's also got a dead twin and then that dead twin is trying to possess her to come alive and then they do a big exorcism and ultimately they do succeed but then they sort of don't again. <laughs> you still got 10 seconds. But oh, okay. I think that I think you I'd just do a little song. I don't know. You got four, three. Hello my two, baby. Hello. One. Honey. Stop. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that all right? That Yeah, that that's fine. I think that that's exactly what I wanted. That's what I was imagining. I think that's also a C minus, but it's not inaccurate. No, I think yours I think I'd give yours a C, mm, yeah, C plus, I think. Okay. That's that's kind of you. This week I'm also uh foregoing the kill count as the kills are pretty infrequent, underwhelming, and I really couldn't decide who counted and who didn't, and I felt like some of it would be insensitive because this movie is insensitive. So um Yeah, so <laughs> just decided to not do that. Yeah. Right. Let's do this. It's snowing in Chicago and Casey is having a nice little jog as insane Americans are wont to do in the snow. Everyone's always jogging over there. I don't know what I relate that reminds people. me of that really good video where it's like that couple and they're jogging on the snow and that interviewer is like, So why do you like running in the snow? And they're like, 
it's so good for your joints. It's really low impact running on the snow. And then, like, as soon as I run, uh, like, jog away from the camera, they both just fall over. Like, they absolutely eat <laughs> shit in the snow. And it's so funny. <laughs> Amazing. That's iconic. Right. For some reason, both me and you wrote that this reminds us of the movie The Snowman, which is frankly a harbinger of doom for a movie if the opening shot reminds you of The Snowman. Hello, Mr. Police. (sighs) Hello, Mr. Police. It's so good. We need to review that one time because it's so fucking funny. We absolutely do. Anyway, Casey spots a little blue glove on the ground and is very perturbed by this as if small children are not constantly dropping their belongings. We then get this like weird green screen shot and there's a couple of these sprinkled in throughout the movie for a little bit of flavor. And then a small ghost boy appears behind her. He's looking fresh out of the early 20th century and I was initially very confused as to why this Victorian lad was haunting her. Considering I thought this movie was supposed to be about her twin brother. I mean, it all becomes apparent well, what's later funny on. About, but what's funny about the costuming for him as well is that it's not even like accurate, even if it was like the 20th century. It's very much like stage play version of yes, the Artful it's Dodger. Not right. It's not right at all. No. It's not right at all. It's bad. It is. Right. It does become apparent later though as to why he looks like this sort of but what does not become apparent is why this little ghost boy whose name is Barto, by the way suddenly turns into a dog who is wearing a spooky mask and absolutely makes me wet myself every time i see it that she like turns back around and he's out of frame for a second and then there's just a dog with a little mask on a big bull terrier with a funny mask on and honestly the funniest thing i've ever seen like i like with this is three minutes into the film and i was already in tears out of <laughs> fear confusion it's like what is hilarity i just i can't i can't stand it i can't, can't abide it, it. <laughs> spooky mask dog leads casey into the woods she follows and finds the mask in the leaves and then she inexplicably begins to dig underneath the mask and finds a dead baby slash fetus in a jar of formaldehyde its eyes snap open and they're bright blue which is relevant to the plot at large the blue eyes luckily for casey it turns out it's all a dream and we see now casey on the phone to her friend romy whilst she's babysitting romy interprets her dreams saying that babies are symbolic of change and renewal but a baby who is a stranger (laughs) which is stupid wording it makes me laugh a baby who's a stranger Stranger baby (laughs) like how often are you meeting babies who are strangers in like the street well i guess i meet stranger babies more often than i meet babies that i I know but i just think that it's a hilarious way to say that baby is a stranger is just a funny phrasing to me it's just strange but a baby who is a stranger is symbolic of something developing within yourself which is not yet ready to be born and dogs are apparently messengers of the dead i think this that would all be fairly intuitive i don't really think you'd even need to read a book to know that a baby no. is usually symbolic of something developing within yourself baby but, you know, that's is fine pretty obvious like dream interpretation Renewal. stuff like yeah i would have thought so that's the but, you easy know. type of thing it's it's when you get to dreams like mine where i'm like stuck in a toilet or whatever where it's just like <laughs> what does this mean are you stuck in the cubicle or in the toilet i've had itself? both i've had my arms oh, stuck no. in a toilet and i've been 
are stuck in cubicles, but then the cubicle goes see through, and everyone laughs at me being stuck at the cubicle. Oh, I've had that before. I've had that. <laughs> okay, so after Romy says some weird shit, um, continuing on about the conversation about dreams. For example, she says to Casey, you have a disease-infested vagina and she also wonders if there's any porn in their DVD collection of the people she's babysitting for, which is bizarre. <laughs> Funny jokes, Romy. Yeah, like, you can't watch porn whilst you're babysitting. That's incredibly inappropriate. Also, if my friend, if I was just like, what do these dreams mean? And my friend just went to me like, oh, it means you have a disease-infested vagina. I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'd be like, <laughs> what do you mean? I've- what are you talking about honestly okay so a bang sounds from upstairs in case he hangs up the phone stupid idea a voice speaks through the baby monitor and it says look in the mirror some people are doorways which means essentially nothing casey is not particularly bothered by this for some reason and makes her way upstairs calling out for the four-year-old that she presumes is now awake she finds him Matty, although in the subtitles that we were watching with, it spelt his name M A W more. Wouldn't be surprised if Which is not they called a name. him more because all the other names in this are fairly ridiculous. <laughs> also not so names. More yeah. would have been about right. But she finds him, Matty, stood over his baby sister's crib, forcing her to look at herself in the mirror, and according to superstition, babies will die if they see themselves before their first birthday. Casey approaches Matty and when she gets close enough, he spins around and smacks her upside the head with a mirror and then delivers the best line in the movie. So keep in mind we're about 10 minutes in at this point. Jumby wants to be born now. (laughs) Which is still the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard. I just don't understand why they call him Jumby. It's the least scary name. It's just not threatening. No, Jumby? It's so distracting. Jumby. 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 It's not right. Just that kid. It's not right and it's not okay. That kid spinning around and me being like, oh, it's that little kid from the middle. And then him just being like, (laughs) Jumby wants to be born now. Like, that jump scared me more than the extremely Jumbie. loud mirror smack. Oh my fucking god. Right, you take over. Moore's parents, I'm going to call them Moore from now on because it's funnier. It is funnier. Brush off their creepy kids, frankly, horrendous vibes. And they're like, oh, put some ice on that. Oh, he. Oh, sorry that my child whacked you with a glass mirror. Could have killed yeah. you, but that's fine. Nah, it's fine. And Casey makes her way home, once again spotting a blue glove on the ground, except this time it isn't a dream. Back at her home, we discover through fairly non-subtle exposition that Casey has a single dad and a dead mom, which is sort of the classic horror leading lady trope. None of them have living moms. It just doesn't happen. It just never happens. She also likes to hang out in very tiny underwear through a lot of this movie. The male gaze is very prevalent no matter what Casey is doing. It's pretty horrendous, but um, we'll discuss that later. At night in her room, her mirrored medicine cabinet rattles as if there's something behind it. So we get a nice little fake out before the morning rolls around for our first proper jump scare. Casey cracks some eggs into the pan and inside one of the eggs is a potato bug, otherwise known as a Jerusalem cricket. I personally love potato bugs, which is good because there is like plenty in this. If you use a lot of potato bug content, if you're a fan of potato bugs, which I am, uh, I also want to say if you're a fan of potato bugs and you want more potato bug related content, watch 
um, the comedian Chris Fleming's video called My Day with the Alien. <laughs> so it's like good. a mockumentary about a potato bug. It's the fu- like, I mean, cr- everything Chris Fleming does is absolutely fucking hilarious. I adore but him. My Day with the Alien is absolutely a comfort video for me. <laughs> is so good we then move to see her at university with her friends and this is a scene that really makes me lose my shit because she sat with her boyfriend mark who is awful by the way and her best friend romy who is hot and then this one random ginger girl who gets two lines and then is never seen again for the rest of the movie like did she get cut out what happened yeah, who to is her she? I was, like i didn't really notice the first time i watched because like the first time i watched obviously i was just like oh it's just a group of friends like it always is in these movies and then yeah and then they usually get picked off one by one yeah, like yeah, screen yeah. style and then i re-watched not, and i was just like it's not what happens who the fuck is that because <laughs> she never comes <laughs> back i was like i don't know this woman i don't know what happened to her yeah, anyway, Casey and her definitely too dumb for this class uh, boyfriend, Mark, are sitting in philosophy 101 or whatever. And Casey begins to bug out again, pardon the pun. She sees potato bugs scattered around the desks. And when she looks at the blackboard, it reads, Jumby wants to be born now. <laughs> and then when she looks at her notebook, it says the same over and over and over again. Jumby wants to be born now. Uh, Jumpy's turning just, out to be incredibly insistent about this. I, just the the concept, like I'm just thinking because, like, I sit in lectures fairly often. Not right now because we're doing online uni or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would usually I'd have a couple lectures a week. If I turned to like my right and my friend was sat next to me and I looked down at their notebook and it just had hundreds and hundreds of times written down Jumpy wants to be born now. I would not even be able to process it. I don't no, know what I would do. I would have to situation. get up and leave. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have a breakdown. <laughs> Jumpy wants to be born now. They'd be Jumbie. getting dragged to the counsellor. Jumpy is the funniest fucking name of all time. When I get my um, fishies for my birthday, my 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 oh, fancy goldfish, one. I'm gonna name yeah. one Jumpy. I've decided you like, should have Jumby and Barto. That would be they will be really good names for a little fat goldfish. I think so. That works well for those, not, those not, chubby boys. Not necessarily human boys, but little chumby goldfish, yes. Chumby chumby jumby. Chumby jumby. <laughs> exactly. And Barto I don't have a problem. Barto with- is kind of a good fish name. It's also just kind of a good name, but I would just like to say that it's this is sort of uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but this it, the name is supposed to be German or Jewish. It is not a German-Jewish name. It's a Spanish-Italian name. So I don't know why they chose <laughs> that seems... either. Like, why choose Jumbi? Yeah, why choose Barto? Have... There's so many German-Jewish names out there that you could have chosen for this little boy. Same for Jumbi. More so for Jumbi. But I just mean for both of them. There's names that you could just go on to, like, you know top 50 well, german Jumbie names even in the name. 40s and yet yeah, jumbie's literally not even a name so like that is not a name yeah it's not a boy's name right okay so casey goes to calm down from her bug related thing 
and the jumby writing thing. Uh, she goes to calm down in the public university showers, which is weird. It's only so we could get a gratuitous shot of her butt again, probably. And Romy comes to meet her. Romy spots that something weird is happening with Casey's eye. So Casey and Mark take a trip to the eye doctor. The doctor diagnoses her with heterochromia, which he says is usually congenital, but can occur after a blunt head trauma. I did not know this. I don't even know if that's true. It's somewhat true, but it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't go like bright blue. It doesn't work like this. No, no, it doesn't happen like that. It's more like David Bowie's eyes. Yeah, well, his is more to do with his iris, isn't it? He had one dilated. Yeah, iris. exactly. Like that. No, so one dilated pupil. Yes. However, the doctor says to not to check that it's not cancerous or anything. He takes some specifically. He says digital pictures, which <laughs> I just think is a funny, you know, phrasing specification. Yeah. As if he would be taking, like, on a film camera. <laughs> uh, he does this after clamping her eye into a gross speculum a la Clockwork Orange. Okay, so Mark continues to be gross now that they're out walking on the streets, talking about how excited he is to bang her because her dad is out of town. We never hear or see anything about Casey's dad, really, ever again. No, no, after she, she sees him in an upcoming scene, and after that, when he goes out of town, well... Okay, so that's confusing because they said he's out of town and then she immediately goes to see him. Oh no, he must come back <laughs> into town and then I she guess, sees him. I don't but then, know, where, but, but then, then when we it, never see him again. But then where is he for the rest of it? So Casey's dad is only here when it's briefly convenient for one more scene. <laughs> okay, so that's that's a new plot hole that we've discovered. That's fun. Yeah, that's all so, over the shop. Apparently, her dad is out of town. Um, however, we'll explain. We'll get to that later. And apparently, he also says her medical sunglasses are giving him wood, which is disgusting. Everything goes really weird in slow motion, and she spots Barto, the spooky ghost boy, across the street. And it was at this point that we realise he's played by Carl Gallagher from Shameless US. Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings for him. Um, and then Mark and Casey go home to bang, and it's really gross, and he looks really sunburnt for some reason. <laughs> then they have a deep talk about how big the universe is and how nothing happens after you die casey says she doesn't believe in the afterlife because she can't feel her mother's presence who hung herself in a mental hospital after going mad because she found out who her birth mother is i don't know we then get a shot of the medicine cabinet rattling around once again and we get another fake out but then the most deafening deafeningly loud jump scare of all time with a bunched up contortionist Barto the ghost boy squished <laughs> into the medicine cabinet and it's how did he fit horrible. in there <laughs> i don't know there was shelves there was shelves in that cabinet because we we saw it open earlier it didn't go very far back no it's a very small cabinet but why is he in there <laughs> why is he, he in doing? there what's the point he could just stand yeah he doesn't have to bunch himself up into like, a medicine cabinet. There's no reason cabinet. for him to be bunched up in there. He's not Pennywise. It's not like he's doing some kind of like, ooh, I'm a fun clown man. Yeah. I don't know, being weird. Two points about that sort of section that you went through. When they're like having their deep talks, this yeah. script and these performances do not have the range to deal with the topic of there's no life after death <laughs> and i'm scared about how big the universe is because it's just well, not convincing very fun from thing, them it, the very it? fun thing about that is that it immediately is disproven <laughs> within the world of the universe that this movie is Literally taking place seconds in. later so it was like completely pointless to even put that they in were the script trying 
to, I guess, like, flesh them out. Oh, they didn't do a fucking good job, though, did they? Like, they're like, oh, we can just make them talk about deep things. And that makes them... That makes them a good, deep character. character. Yeah, fleshed out character, right? how that works. And then the sort of thing about, you know, uh, we don't... Like, her mother supposedly killed herself after finding out who her birth mother is. I mean, I guess the implication is that Bartow got to her in some regard. But... We never get that confirmed and everyone's just pretty content that, oh yeah, she just, she killed herself because she found out who her biological mother was. That's not... But like, why didn't, why don't we want to figure out, like, why isn't Casey or her dad, like, trying to find out who her birth mother was to be like, why did my wife kill herself? Right? Why did her dad not do any, like, digging on this? This is... I don't know. Very strange. Anyway. Very strange. I made a note at this point that says if she has to birth her own ghost brother, I'm going to turn this movie off. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, she doesn't, so I didn't. <laughs> and then Casey goes running again, and this time she runs past the house that she babysits at, and unfortunately, the baby from earlier has died. And whilst the baby is forcibly wheeled away from the parents by the police, I don't think they do that, but okay. No, they do not. Matty sits in an upstairs window, just being his usually creepy self. I really hate that little boy. Like, Bartow's fun, because he looks spooky, and he can contort himself and all yeah. sorts. Matty just sucks. Why is there so many spooky boys in this it's like too, oh my god there's frankly, so many spooky too many. boys and they all look kind of the same well jumbie there's only two actually now that i think about it jumbie is just <laughs> in a jumbie formaldehyde a jar the way you said that is if he's like he doesn't have any style <laughs> this fucking dead <laughs> this formaldehyde fetus in a jar he's not got no style he does not have a look we need to get. He doesn't have a look. He needs to get a style going on. Get Gok One in here, please. <laughs> God. Casey then gets her eye results. Uh, she's fine, but has genetics that point to her being a twin, specifically an identical twin. She swears that she's an only child. She goes to see her dad, and he reveals that she would have had a twin brother, except her umbilical cord strangled him in utero. Which I would like to clarify here is entirely impossible as male female twins are always non-identical and therefore would not have shared an amniotic sac and therefore would not be able to get tangled up or strangle each other to death. That just cannot happen. They would be in separate sacks away from each other. And also, you can't... Like, the whole thing is that if you... Like, the heterochromia and all the genetics and stuff would not point to you being non-identical twins because then they would just have the same amount of genetic sharing that me and you have... Yeah, it's just they're just siblings. Siblings, they're just siblings. Like normal and, siblings. I mean, they're, not they're twins because they came out at the same time, but they have the same yeah. amount of genetic link that siblings born years apart do. Yeah, it's so exactly the same. All of this only works if they were identical twins. So why not just make her dead twin a girl? But clearly, nobody decided to do their research. It takes like one Google to like figure out like whether male female babies can be identical twins and, and no they, they can't and i thought cannot. that was fairly common knowledge yeah i thought that was fairly obvious and also and if you're going to write a movie about it you know you're gonna make a an entire movie about it get funding get producers get actors all this kind of stuff you're yeah. gonna make a whole movie about this and you can't be bothered to even like 
peruse a Wikipedia. Google search, a Yahoo ask. Literally anything would have been better. And he clearly oh did nothing. Nothing at all. So, <sighs> right. Getting mad, but uh, it's just stupid. Like, fuck. And look, don't get me wrong. I would personally make a headcanon that Casey was trans. However, for reasons we will find out later, that's not possible. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. Because, w- yeah, we could do that. That would be fun. I'd be happy to but headcanon also, that. also, I would be terrified terrified f- for this movie to handle the topic of trans people <laughs> oh it would be terrible uh, but, yeah you know, they... a separate head canon for me personally fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's reasons that that is not possible yeah right so her dad then goes on to say that her deceased twin was not officially named but was nicknamed jumby we do not get an explanation as to why they chose that nickname, and we move swiftly on. The scene is over. So he just goes, "Yeah, his nickname was Jumby." End of scene. Jumby. That's it. His nickname is Jumby. <laughs> okay. So, uh, moving on, Casey goes to goes through her mum's old photo albums and finds an article about a Holocaust survivor named Sophie Cosma and a picture of Casey's mother while she was pregnant. In the photo, Bartow can be spotted lurking in the background, <laughs> like in a mirror in the background. Yeah, specifically he appears in mirrors. Yeah, that's what he likes to do. Romy and Casey then journey to the biggest aged care facility that I've ever seen in my life in order to meet Sophie. She has a bad German accent, hates mirrors, and also used to have a twin brother. Uh-oh. When Casey shows Sophie the photo, she freaks out and is like, get out of my house, get out of the old age care facility (laughs) and then back at casey's house she watches some weird old like tape with mark and it's a spooky house and a spooky door after they finish watching casey reveals that behind the door is where her mother killed herself i don't know how she knows that but sure we see this tape a lot but i we won't dwell on it further in the synopsis because it's boring and ultimately doesn't go anywhere except that the fun dog with a mask does pop up which you know is a nice aside (laughs) They play it like six times and it's like the same thing every time and adds nothing. It's the same scene. It doesn't do anything. Oh my God. I'm just getting so angry about this movie. The more we talk about it, the more enraged I become. (laughs) Okay. So they hit the nightclub as people tended to do in horror movies from 2009. And a boyfriend gets in another golden line of, you're not crazy, a little hormonal maybe. I want to throttle this man. He is awful and his hair sucks. As they all are boogieing around, Casey makes her way through the crowd and the faces of the clubbing randos begin to glitch out and melt and just look spooky and awful and all over the place. Picasso faces, if you will. Oh, fun. And then, of course, Bartow appears, who is much too young to be in this club. Who looked at his ID? I guess to be fair, his ID would probably say that he was born in like... <laughs> says that he's a hundred years <laughs> old. 1920s. And they're like, yeah, you can come in, mate. Come on. Yeah, you're like 92 years old. Go slam some uh, Go vodka. <laughs> Casey runs to the bathroom to cool down, calm down and vomit. And uh, next to her in the stall is this weird glory hole where the hole is the pupil 
and has text around it saying, in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. This is never relevant again, but I thought it was kind of cool. She peers through it because why not, you know, stare through a glory hole? What could go wrong with that? Nothing. There's nothing that could possibly come through a glory hole that would you wouldn't want in your eye. No. I can't think of anything. And in personally. this case, it's uh, potato bugs. Millions of yeah, potato bugs begin to crawl through the hole and the toilets and the sinks and they come through the walls. And they're the also walls. very wet. I just want to point yeah, out. Yeah, there's a lot of like, With the potato bugs comes a lot of juice. <laughs> disgusting brown flooding material. Casey's mother appears as a ghostly apparition, reaches out to her before uh, Romy and Mark, who miraculously somehow heard her scream in a nightclub bathroom whilst they were clubbing, come to her rescue you know, nightclubs, uh, famously able to hear across the room. Yeah, famously very quiet. Yes. That's the thing, too, is when she's in the bathroom, it doesn't even have, like, music going on, at, like, outside well, of the bathroom. Well, there's also no one in the bathroom. Silent. Yeah. Which is weird, because every time I've gone to the bathroom at a nightclub, you have to wait in, like, a line for 20 minutes. There's always <laughs> that lady who has, like, perfumes. Yes. And expects you to tip her. She scares um, and it's me. And also, like, I mean, making sure that people aren't going into cubicles together to, like, snort stuff. Yeah, she's she's nice sometimes but she kind of scares me because i know that she wants money like the first time i'd ever gone clubbing and i was like i don't know why this woman is just in here <laughs> waiting for me to pee i was also very confused about that when i turned 18 <laughs> i was like hello <laughs> <laughs> who are you why are you spraying me with things why are you waiting for me um yeah anyway so they uh mark and romy come to casey's rescue and that night she dreams that she's on the ceiling looking down at herself and Barto is in bed with her and plunges his little hand inside her stomach gross gross a very late night call from sophie the lady from the um aged care facility wakes her from her slumber and she goes over to the old folks home despite it being like 1am and almost definitely not being allowed in because that's not how these things work no uh, once she arrives <laughs> sophie lays it all out for her she's her biological grandmother and the ghost boy who's been haunting casey is her dead twin brother barto who died in 1944 in auschwitz he was killed by a doctor who is clearly based off Joseph Mengele, the um, angel of death, who liked to experiment on twins, uh, specifically identical twins, um, as the Nazis believed twins could unravel the mysteries of genetics. Once again, though, they yeah, only experimented on identical twins. So Sophie and Barto, again, being non-identical would not have been experimented on. So that's, a, again, a very weird oversight. Huge oversight, yeah. To make in under such a sort of sensitive topic but you know sure yeah so Barto was killed via an experiment to change his eyes from brown to blue using a large needle and whilst the experiment is successful he does die uh I know Lily yeah. you did some research on this so you can take over and talk yeah. about that I read an article by Richard H.Z. Zegers MD PhD in order to sort of find out like the accuracy of all of this because I wasn't super familiar they were correct in the fact that he was obsessed with identical twins and he was obsessed with people with heterochromia so them featuring heterochromia is obviously sort of a nod to that in fact most of his experiments were on people with heterochromia and he used a range of methods to change eye color from brown to blue including but not limited to intracardial chloroform injections adrenaline eye drops and rumored uh, methylene blue injections none of the experiments were ever successful though the eye color never changed 
yeah, no eye color changes were ever yeah, noted. Horrible. So horrible the injection part is right. The non-identical twin part and the bright blue eyes part is not. I mean, I guess it's over exaggeration for a horror movie, but the yeah, twin thing, does, the blue eyes bothers me less than the identical twin thing because non-identical twins aren't really special like that no they're, they're just, just they're just siblings, just siblings in the same way that any siblings are they're not unraveling any genetic mysteries as this no. movie phrased it i would like to say that nazis believe twins could unravel the mysteries of genetics is more of a quote from the film than us than i don't us. know yeah i don't i hope that really what they were clearly. doing i yeah. don't know yeah i don't know if that's exactly how people would put it now um that's what they say in the movie though so anyway Sophie goes on to say that Barto has now returned as a Dibbuk, which in Jewish mythology is the soul of a dead person who's been barred from entering heaven, so waits for a doorway in order to come back. And so twins are perfect doorways as they are essentially human mirrors, and that's why Barto's always in a mirror. Whoa. However, confused <laughs> as to why Barto was barred from heaven, because it's not like he did any he crimes. He evil. He was a poor, innocent little murdered boy. Why was he barred from heaven? Why was he barred from heaven? But we don't know that. We don't also know why he became evil. I understand that vengeful spirits who've been killed in like a horrible way can come back as evil. But I, I, uh, I don't beyond know. that, there's not really anything to substantiate and him being evil. Also confused as to why he hasn't tried to possess Sophie as he is her twin who is still alive and would work perfectly fine as a, as a doorway, yeah. as they've put it. I don't understand that. But okay. So Casey's simply his great niece. And if he's the thing that's trying to possess Casey then what the fuck is Jumbie what's, yeah, like, Jumbie's, what's Jumbie's deal, deal? what's, what's he, up he to do, is Jumbie a Dibbuk well he we never really find out Jumbie doesn't really come back into it in any major way <laughs> so I don't know what Jumbie is or what I he's doing know. or can fetuses become Dibbuks I, I don't, don't know, know. I mean there's, there's I honestly probably should have quandaries. researched Dibbuks a little bit more before I wrote all this up because we're using what this movie is saying about Dibbuks and from what they've said about almost everything else I'm concerned that it may not <laughs> be not accurate. That truthful. <laughs> yeah. So no. we're going so yeah, take everything we're, we're saying with a bit of a grain of salt because yeah, the universe that this is existing in is not is almost accurate. irrelevant <laughs> to the real world at this point. <laughs> parallel universe yeah where things are similar but not the same <laughs> not quite okay casey then seeks help from rabbi sendak who was named after maurice sendak who wrote where the wild things are strange Weird. little detail for you mm. and is bewilderingly played by gary oldman <laughs> so this is this is very funny watching this i already knew and i was like bella you will never ever in a million years be able to guess who plays the rabbi in this movie you will never see it coming and the scene comes around where he sat like hosting this aa thing at his synagogue or wherever and um bella just kind of just goes blank like i just is that gary like I, my brain that she just refused to see gary oldman i was like there's no way that man looks a lot like gary oldman and i was like no there's no way there's just no way and it was <laughs> He is not a convincing rabbi in every way, from the lack of anything like religious in his office to just, you know, it's Gary Oldman. Yeah, He's not I mean, Jewish. Gary Oldman is not a Jewish man. No. 
not in ethnicity or faith. It's just a very strange casting choice. Exactly. And this is becomes very obvious when he reads Hebrew from left to right instead of right to left because Hebrew is written in the opposite direction to English. <laughs> so uh, actually Jewish person or an actual rabbi would obviously know that. And yeah. I do not know how that slipped past the director. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's again, the weirdest oversight of all time when you're making a movie about Judaism within the context yeah. of horror. Why would you make that oversight? <laughs> The director is Jewish, so I'm like wondering if he was like an off-site director. Because how how, do you I, how let would that you happen? let that past you? I don't know. It's also worth noting here that not one member of the cast, or the main cast at least, I don't know if there's like extras or whatever, uh, <laughs> not one of them is Jewish. So that's um, something again, not in ethnicity or or faith. So yeah, that's not good. <laughs> interesting choice. interesting it's a choice isn't it hmm. yeah anyway casey has brought him the book of mirrors which is a rare medieval era uh manuscript or text which would be absolutely impossible to attain without a very special permit and you certainly could not just steal it from the library <laughs> like she, does. she just like sort of like goes oops she's gonna it. put this in my bag i'm gonna put this massive no. tome in my fucking bag and take it with me she asks him to translate the sections about dibbucks for her and then she also asks him if he would perform an exorcism for her which is like a lot to ask of somebody you've just met and has no care for you personally <laughs> but for some reason he does reluctantly agree even though he doesn't really seem to believe her He's only convinced later that something's going on when he hears a noise and exits his office and enters the synagogue to find masked dog, sans mask, but with its head upside down. Uh, I guess it's some sort of demon that he casts out, but uh, obviously he now knows that something is awry. That dog is so cute. I just, I like bull terriers. They look a bit like sharks, but I do enjoy them. I, I actually think that the- Even when the, they're upside down. I actually think the creature design is quite interesting. You know, there's no gore. It's not like his head has been cut off and sewn back on upside down yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. He's just inexplicably got an upside down head, which I think is quite creepy in a almost unique way. Yeah. Some of the creature design in this is basically the only thing that I don't want to rip apart yeah i actually i think so. we'll get into more of the creatures but i actually do like some of them some of the designs yeah. and we'll save a lot of this for the good the bad and the gory yeah we but... won't go into it too much back at home casey prepares her home for barto prevention by smashing burning and burying the mirrors that she has in her house which she does a terrible job of considering that there's still chunks of the like reflective mirror bit left in the frame. I don't know why she doesn't just take all the frames out and like sell them or destroy the whole thing. <sighs> I don't knows? know. Um, and hanging up wind chimes to indicate when a spirit is near or in her house. This is all ultimately for nothing, however, as we are never at her house again. So I don't know why we even have that scene. Yeah. She then has a vision where she goes through the door into the room her mother was in at the mental health facility and she approaches her mother who rears back in her seat revealing that she's just a huge mouth with enormous oversized human teeth which actually is a really cool character design i couldn't tell whether it was cg or practical effects but either way it looked really good genuinely 
Meanwhile, Romy is driving along, just chilling, when she hits Matty on his tricycle real fucking hard. Like, he whips over her windshield. Um, And when she gets out, he's unscathed, but it says he does not want her to help Casey anymore. And if she does, he'll kill her, which is not good. He's a horrible boy. He's a horrible little boy. Later, her and Casey have a phone call when Romy gets a knock at the door. When Romy gets up to answer it, Casey sees Bartow in the mirror in the background. It's Matty at the door, and he launches in and stabs Romy in the stomach. Casey and Mark make their way quickly to Romy's weird, like, muck mansion house that has, like, big medieval doors for some reason. Like, faux medieval. It's not very Chicago, that house. No, this definitely wasn't filmed in Chicago. It was, but some of it was filmed in LA, so I feel like that house is, well, LA. LA. It screams LA McMansion to me, but I might be wrong. Meanwhile, Sophie is having struggles of her own in the form of a man who lives in the room next to her who's had a stroke. His wheelchair is at the top of the stairs and he seems to be wanting to look down at something that's at the bottom of the stairs. She then descends the stairs to see what he's looking at. A loud bang sounds and she looks up and his chair is tipped over and he's nowhere to be seen. And then she sees him starting to crawl towards her from the bottom floor and his head slowly turns upside down he then begins to crab jog very quickly towards her uh she runs but he is really quite speedy quick and scary this is a scary bit quite scary as sophie hides in a supply closet from the twisted up monster bartow appears in the closet with her and we cut away but we hear her screams and the implication is clear no idea why he killed his own twin sister very confused by that i don't know what the point don't know what his motivation is Um, She then has one of the workers deliver a message to Casey that just says to get rid of the Dibbuk. No new information, nothing extra added just to get rid of the Dibbuk. It's like, we're already on that. Yes, like she's trying to catch up. We've already been on the Dibbuk shit. We're already trying to get rid of it. And it's a pointless death, ultimately. And she should have been his doorway. And I just don't get it. I I don't get it. Okay, so after that has happened or meanwhile or whatever back at Romy's place Mark and Casey barge in and knock Matty the little boy whose face has now become a sharp fanged creature to the ground Mark is about to beat up this child when the Dippick leaves Matty's body and goes into the now dead Romy nothing really comes of Romy being possessed which is weird the EMTs and cops show up and she's just dead but she doesn't really come after them or anything she just grows fangs for bits and like flails about on the on the floor which is fun. Yeah, why did Bartow possess her? Yeah, what was the point in that? She's dead. You can't make a move, I don't think. Like, why did he leave Matty? I just don't... I don't know. I guess he didn't want to get beat get up. any of that scene. Like, it's just... Oh, God. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so continue. now it's exorcism time. Rabbi Gary Alderman introduces Arthur, his Episcopal priest friend, who is played by... Idris Elba. (laughs) How did they get these people? Again, my brain just refused to see it as Idris Elba. It's the same with Gary Oldman, where I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. That man... That man just must look like Idris Elba. (laughs) Yeah, I already knew Gary Oldman was in this. I didn't know Idris Elba was. And so I just kept looking at him and being like, God, that guy's the spit of Idris Elba. (laughs) Yeah, I just like, I just couldn't. My brain wouldn't let me. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, Yeah, I just couldn't do it. 
Okay, so yeah, his, that's his Episcopal priest friend named Arthur, Idris Elba. And uh, they have several volunteers as a Jewish exorcism rite involves 10 people. So 10 fingers, 10 commandments, and a number of sephiroth, which are the known attributes of God. Um, <laughs> they even have an EMT there, which is a good idea because they strap Casey to a stretcher to make sure she doesn't flail around too much whilst being exercised. They get her consent on camera and put a block in her mouth so she doesn't bite her tongue. Um, I actually thought the thoroughness of this exorcism was quite impressive because usually with exorcisms in films, they're just like, the person is just like stood in the middle and like, yeah, they shit just go immediately into goes and wrong. Just, you screaming Latin and then die. And yeah. you're just like, well, maybe we could have prepared for this a little bit better. You know, like pin down vases and stuff that are gonna like fly and hit you in the head that kind yeah, of thing anything like that just go into like just a stand plain in an room. empty padded room maybe yeah, that would work so rabbi gary oldman whips out and blows on the shofar which is a animal horn that is used in jewish ceremonies he reads in hebrew whilst the rest repeat in english and then everything starts to kick off Bato appears and starts knocking people out left and right, including the EMT. Casey and Mark do a runner, and Bato unfortunately possesses Arthur, which is very bad news as Arthur is big and strong. And as the two hide from Arthur, Arthur appears and pulls Mark through the stone or marble wall and begins to beat him to death. Yeah, (laughs) strong. And uh, Casey somehow manages to pull him off, even though he just busted through a marble wall but okay but sure and then mark manages to knock him out with a metal pipe again confused by that but uh-oh now Barto is inside mark <laughs> but fortunately rabbi gary appears and continues to exercise el Barto, and casey joins in with the english variation and she managed to grab the right page earlier or whatever yeah she just grabbed it off the floor and she's like i need to finish this and she just found the right piece of paper even though the like book that they were using had been destroyed yeah. how did she find the right page they succeed in exercising him but unfortunately mark is flung from the upper story balcony in the process and onto the hard tile floor she runs to his side and he dies yes. he does have final words but i don't remember what they are and i didn't note them down I so i imagine um, they were largely unimportant I think it was something about the universe because he just oh, won't shut up about how big the universe is. Because he's so, so smart and so he's intelligent. He's so deep. Yeah. He just is not even the right casting to be like the No, deep he just looks like the douchebag boyfriend, which is what he is for most of the it, film. And then they just is. try and like ham fist in some like, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm thinking about the about universe. Space, yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. This is the last paragraph, so you guys get ready. I cannot believe they did this. They just fucking jam it in at the very end. In the words of Laganja Estranja. Oh, y'all wanted a twist, eh? We now find out why all of this has been happening to Casey now at this point in her life, and it's because she is pregnant with twins. I didn't see this coming. Bug did. I did not. Yeah, I can always tell when I'm, they're going to write in a pregnancy. I usually am really good at being able to tell in, like, usually TV shows when a character's going to be revealed to be pregnant. Like, I'm usually really, really good at guessing that because they make it so easy. 
honestly. Yeah. But um, this I did not guess, even though I should have, because the whole movie's called The Unborn, and there's a lot of shenanigans to do with babies. <laughs> but yeah, so she's pregnant with twins, and we go back through the movie and see times where she's like been described as hormonal, or where she's throwing up, or whatever, and we just assume yeah. that like at the time that it was contextual, like she's throwing up because she was scared, or like whatever. But it's like, oh, it's actually because she was pregnant this whole time. Ooh. And the last thing we see is Matty, the little boy, saying, Jumby wants to be born now, again. So, was Barto trying to be born via her because she's pregnant, but now he's out of the way, now Jumby is, like, coming in? But, like, why is... I thought Jumby was just... He just passed away. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand. understand. The end. Yep, the end. That's the twist. Fucking hell. Okay, so the good, the bad, and the gory. Shall we start with the good? As usual? Uh, yeah, because I feel like we have more to say in the bad, so... Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll yeah. start with the good oh, and yeah. build them up just to tear them down. Yeah, okay. Do you want to hit me with a good point? Yeah, I thought... I mean, obviously, you chime in whenever you want to talk about the same thing, but um, I thought that we both agreed the monster designs were actually genuinely quite cool. You know, it doesn't really... They didn't make much sense. Why did she have big teeth? We don't know. But she looked cool. Yeah, like, the ghosts don't make much sense, but I do think that design is I think excellent. the design was very cool. Uh, I mean, as I, I say, it was I don't... well done. It very well may be that they are based off of Dibbucks that have been written about. I don't know. But, you know, they were very... Yeah, really, really cool. Really genuinely big big spooky energy i thought i don't know if they were practical effects or cgi or a combination but i thought they were very probably cool. mostly cgi but yeah it was just that era wasn't it but i don't know the, the big teeth lady looked like she may have been yeah she looked puppety yeah i'm gonna have a look you know i don't um what's this movie called the unborn <laughs> 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 that really shows you how I feel about this, doesn't it? Whilst you look that up, I'll uh, go through a couple other little points. Just the little ones. Yeah, go. It made me laugh. It did make me laugh. Cannot deny. It was funny. In unintentionally hilarious. Oh, yeah, but it's still, it's still good because it made me It still did laugh. make me cry laugh. So, you know, that is something that it has going for it, even if it is unintentional the pacing was okay i wasn't bored it didn't seem particularly horrendous it was sort of a little all over the place but it was all right yeah sort of fairly standard pg-13 horror pacing i'm looking at a photo of the the dibbuk with the teeth mm-hmm. it does look like a puppet yeah i think it might be i think, I think that one puppet. might be it was really cool i actually wish we got more of it yeah because again it didn't really make any sense so i don't understand why it was in it but yeah. i like it you know one of the reasons i wanted to watch this movie is because someone i follow called trevor henderson who i'm oh sure i love you trevor us, henderson yeah made a sort of thread about movies that are bad but have really cool monster effects in them and this yeah. was like the one that he started with and i was like oh it okay, does. Maybe it I'll does give have that, really cool monster Maybe effects. I'll give that a go. It also had the decency to be less than 90 minutes <laughs> long. So that's sweet. <laughs> sweet. 
I really like I saw that meme you know that meme format where it's like your average so-and-so fan versus your average so-and-so enjoyer and it's like that really like a really overly perfect man I saw the one that was like your average four-hour long saga fan versus your average tight 90 enjoyer Yeah, I'm a tight 90 enjoyer. It's got to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I also think that the club scene was kind of cool with all the melty faces. Yeah, that was I thought that, that was, was an was interesting cool. addition. I thought, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was quite interesting, kind of glitchy effects. I thought the potato bugs at the club was also fun. Yeah. Right. Do you want to go? We've got a couple longer ones that you can go into. Yeah, so I want to say that I almost, I almost, this is like a good and a bad point. This is a true neutral point, I would say. Mm. It is certainly ambitious. Yeah. So it tries to be something that it did not manage to pull off, but it definitely wanted to discuss religion, the afterlife, philosophical quandaries, uh, mental illness, adoption, loss of a child, experimentation going on in Nazi Germany, the Holocaust... All the rest of it. These are some heavy-hitting topics. Generational trauma. All of these heavy-hitting topics are kind of wanted to be, like, this kind of deep movie. But yeah. it ultimately failed to effectively handle any of these topics. But, like, he did have some big ideas. And, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I respect him for that. I give him, you know, some credit why credit's due for having these big ambitious ideas because i think it's a cool concept yeah i like stuff that is about jewish mythology and dibbuks and i think that it was really interesting seeing stuff about you know jewish exorcisms and yeah you know well, yeah it's not something that's usually um that's often tackled in any horror well, stuff we, i can't we normally see more like christianity and Catholicism sort yeah, of I would say takes so. on supernatural horror. The only other one I can think of is The Possession, which is about a Dybbuk box off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. and, um, and The Vigil. And the Vigil, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a very interesting point yeah, of mythology he, he that tried. I feel like is underused. Well, that's the thing is, I think, no, he had big ideas, but he didn't really try. Because if he tried, yeah. he would have had an editor or a research team and everything wouldn't be so horribly inaccurate especially regarding the twins thing which is the whole crux of the movie Mm. ultimately this guy's clearly decided that horror or perhaps like directing as a whole isn't his bag and he's now in his bag writing like dc stuff and is clearly very good at that so yeah good for him he tried he tried this out and it it didn't he tried horror it didn't work out for him you know i think it's cool because obviously he is jewish and he tried to incorporate his faith into this movie it just again he just needed like sensitivity readers he needed uh editors he needed researchers he needed more work on all of it really yeah or like he almost needed to maybe choose one plot point and just work with that you know yeah well it's overly ambitious ambition was also its downside it's downfall unfortunately so okay well that's that's it for the good yeah should we move on to more detail into why we did not like it yeah um okay i'm gonna start out with 
Why was Bartow evil? Why did he not get allowed into heaven in order to become a Dibbuk? He was murdered by Nazis, and now he's murdering his living Jewish family. Like, surely he would be trying to get people with, like, Nazi lineage? I know he's trying to be, like, born into the world or whatever, but why is he But he's also just people? actively killing people. Yeah, like, I yeah, understand why... trying to use your relatives Sophie in the mirror. should be Sophie, or I guess casey's unborn child or whatever to yeah. be born but why is he murdering people like why I is he know. why did he murder that baby at the beginning it's like why is he so evil i just I don't, don't know it doesn't get I that i really can't fathom the whole thing like his his motivations only really make sense if they're like in regards to revenge which they aren't and okay i want to preface with a couple of things i'm gonna say in the bad section I'm not Jewish. Hmm. I'm not. And the director and writer of this was. So, you know, uh, I guess take my opinions with a, a grain of salt. I Call me crazy. But making a Jewish child who was experimented on and ultimately murdered in Auschwitz the villain of your horror movie seems a bit fucking insensitive. Yeah, no, I would I would heftily agree with you. And I, I I'm sure he didn't really think about that. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm sure I he was just like, I'm sure he oh, was like, this Ooh, is a cool concept. little boy. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a good backstory for this little boy, but didn't kind of like ultimately think about how, oh yeah, little murdered boy who died at Nazi hands in Auschwitz is now evil uh, evil killer who's killing his jewish relatives and this yeah. is where people like sensitivity readers and editors should come in and he clearly had none he clearly yeah. just was like i wrote this screenplay nobody look at it i'm gonna film it now <laughs> i'm just get give me the funding i'm ready to go and again i'm not jewish but to me that seems just I actually just don't think murdered children should become villains kind of full stop, really. But No, I mean, I mean that I think... is a trope in other things. Like, I can't deny that there's other supernatural horror movies where murdered children definitely do become villains. And I guess yeah. you could make a point for him being evil because his spirit's restless and he's been a ghost yeah, for he's, so long he's and he's, to, yeah, he's, he's lost the plot. But why didn't he just go... Why didn't he just possessed sophie ages ago i don't know there's so many plot holes that are never like explained that of infuriating to me and because they're not well explained or well handled it makes it more insensitive like there's a possibility (laughs) that this could have been handled sensitively but because of like the lack of care research anything into it it just comes across like flagrantly fucking disrespectful yeah and like the thing is we did we when we were researching this movie, we did try and find reviews from Jewish film critics or reviewers. I couldn't find any that specifically mentioned no. how they felt about the portrayal of Judaism and Nazi Germany and everything. So I couldn't find anything specifically. That- I saw some reviews from various people who just were basically just like, it's just bad. Like I yeah. haven't really seen anyone do like a really deep dive into this movie because it's frankly just not really worth it yeah it's not worth anybody's time almost <laughs> like obviously it's worth our time but um, yeah but yeah i haven't seen any particularly in-depth dives into why it's offensive or why it's bad a lot of people are just like haha this is so stupid and they're right for that frankly exactly i think people just haven't even put the thought into god this is so offensive because they're just like this is just garbage like i'm just yeah. writing it off entirely but to me i was just like especially on like the second watch i was like oh 
oh lordy lord i don't think that that's okay i also no. think that it's super weird that there's zero jewish actors in a movie about judaism and jewish jewish mythology i think it's especially weird to cast gary oldman who publicly supported mel gibson after his anti-semitic rants yeah, it just doesn't seem doesn't seem right but yeah i think it's all just a really difficult subject matter for such a silly movie yeah like ultimately it's pretty ridiculous so trying to deal with these heavyweight subjects and not really giving them sort of the gravity that they deserve that they really really deserve yeah like they're really glossed over they're like well there was joseph joseph mingler and he you know did this and then he did we never see things anything about him again it would be much more satisfying if we got to see nazis have some sort of comeuppance in this movie you know yeah i feel like it would somehow be less insensitive which is weird yeah this is just a silly like little blockbuster jump scare filled little horror for teenagers it's not the right movie for it it just isn't it's not the place and i don't think that there's anything wrong in having the religious themes of the movie be jewish in 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 fact i think that's actually really cool versus the, the typical christian catholic themes that we get in horror but yeah. we could have had a Dybbuk without getting into the Holocaust. Yes. Yeah. Because Dybbuks are a scary thing. They're just like demons or ghosts from any other religion. Dybbuks are cool. We did not need to have all this other... Dybbuk, cool, cool concept. Dybbuk boxes, very interesting. I think it's a very cool concept. Uh, they didn't need to do all this. Yeah. There's no need. Okay. I'm going to make another point. Mm. Jumbie. <laughs> okay. Why bother having two sets of twins? Well, technically three sets of twins once we get to the end. Like, ultimately, Barter was the one who wanted to come back to life. So what's all the Jumbie wants to be born now stuff? Like, he goes on and on about it, but nothing comes of it until the twist ending. But, like, why bother with Jumbie and Barter? Like, ultimately, Jumbie's plotline is cast aside. It's completely irrelevant until the last 30 seconds is, like, a little gotcha moment why yeah why was barter who was possessing matty talking about jumbie being born i just don't get jumbie who's jumbie okay well the thing the thing i don't understand about jumbie as well is that we get um the casey's dad specifically explains that jumbie was he passed away in the womb very early into the pregnancy yeah he says yeah, yeah, specifically yeah. it was too early in the pregnancy for him to be resuscitated anything like that which is weird because of the fetus that we see in formaldehyde at the beginning of the film is like a nine month a very very developed yeah. yeah very developed so i mean there's again weird oversight there so i mean i guess it depends on what you would consider when at what point you would consider something to have like a soul or at least sentience if Jumbie was like a three or two or three month old fetus yeah like how why would he be evil and why is he like sentient and stuff yeah why is he yeah, evil why is he, why is he evil what happened to him i guess I, like, it's I because she it's... supposedly murdered him on accident that's in the not womb how that works that's not how that works she wasn't and sentient also, either so Jumbie now wants wants to be born now through his sister why didn't he try to be born now through his mother again if he's able to like do that i don't know yeah because casey was like i don't know 10 or something when her mother passed away so why wouldn't he just try and be born then again 
through the mother. I also just don't really get Casey's mom's thing because she's never. It's never no, really explained I mean, if she was possessed really by Barto. Is that why she hung herself? Was she scared of Barto and she hung yeah, herself? Yeah. Why was she like, so upset that she found out who her biological mother was? I don't get. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Yeah, there's just a lot of questions that I have, like. Why did she supposedly kill herself after finding out who her biological mother is? Did Barto drive her to it? Uh, why did Barto hold a mirror over that baby? Uh, what is with the dog? I know it's supposed to be like a messenger of death, but I don't... I, yeah, why did... Wait, yeah, that's a good point. Why did Barto kill that innocent baby? I don't know. No idea. What? Yeah. Yeah, what's with the dog? What is with the dog with the mask? I don't, we don't what's know. What's with the mask? What is with Barto's little fucking blue gloves that he keeps dropping everywhere? Like, what's the symbolism there? Don't know. What's the symbolism with the potato bugs? When she births Jumbie, is, is, is he going to be evil? And like, yeah, why would he be evil? Or is he just going to be a normal he's just, little baby? He's just born now. Like, so he, he got born. Is he going to be evil? No. Well, surely he wouldn't be. Why would he be evil? Is he also a Dybbuk? But he was a Dybbuk in the womb? I fully do not understand. But she's not even, like, practicing Judaism. You know what I mean? No, she only found out that she was Jewish partway through the film, like, Jewish by inheritance. She only found that out when she found out that Sophie was her grandmother and she gave her the um, star of David necklace. Also, why do we incorporate an Episcopal (laughs) Episcopal priest? Yeah, why is Arthur there? Don't know. Why do we need... Why do we need a non-Jewish priest? I don't... I don't know. They just wanted... They they just needed to cast Idris Elba and they were like, I don't know, we got to give him a role somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um... Yeah, there's also plenty of goofs and continuity errors. It's not very scary. The jump scares are poorly executed. They're just trying to get you by being loud. loud. Lack of scientific research or research in general. It feels really slapdash. And the male gaze was pretty gross gotta say yeah like, who is this movie yeah. for i don't know because again really, like, it seems incredibly know. insensitive to make a film again about such heavyweight topics but then also just inexplicably have the main female character be so so like designed for the male gaze yeah they'll be discussing like the holocaust and then the next scene will be like an ass shot and i'm like what are you doing yeah it doesn't it's so weird it's so bizarre to me i cannot fathom it why have they done that? Do you have any other bad points? I just want to say this is the last point I wrote down. Considerable amounts of time, screen time in this movie, just the characters walking around the streets of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, There's they're kind of quite wandering. a lot of time spent on wandering in the streets of Chicago and just like seeing people on the streets. There's a lot of that which felt unnecessary. There's a lot of like repeated scenes, like where she goes to her fucking bathroom cabinet and then we get a fake jump scare that happens like twice or three times. Different scenes where she goes to see Sophie. It's basically the same conversation each time. It's like a lot of repeating stuff, which I guess goes into like continuity. Yeah, weird. Yep, 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 yep. It's it's not good, basically. That's... (laughs) It's the long and the short of it. It doesn't make sense. It's all over the place. It's it insensitive. It's yeah. It's it's a bad one. It, I mean, I d- it's kind of a it's kind of a stinker. There were fun, funny moments, but they were all accidental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It wasn't like a horror comedy. No, it was comedic. It wasn't because that at all. It was terrible. The dog was cool. 
The monsters were cool. Jumbie is hilarious as a concept or just a name. Jumbie. And then that's about it, really, that I could say. And then everything else is pretty awful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. So the gory. What was your favorite kill? There's not very many, but... I'm going to go with Romy just because I thought Matty's little horrible fang face was funny yeah he was and the pretty fact fun. that mark's about to punch the shit out of this kid he's so and tiny then Bartow's spirit is just like bye i gotta go i don't want to get punched in the face i was really annoyed um, by that little funny. boy matty up until um mark is about to punch his daylights out and he's just got his little hands up in the air and i was like oh i was like oh he's only a little boy i know he's done some murder but yeah it's i know i feel bad fault. for that kid he's gonna be in juvie forever oh forever yeah so i put that sophie's death was the scariest yeah because we got all that upside down man stuff but yeah. it was also like a really frustrating death so i actually said that i enjoyed marks the most because he's an asshole and i didn't like him and i was glad when he died <laughs> It wasn't a very yeah. good death. He just sort of got flung across the room. It wasn't a good death. He just room. sort of fell off a yeah. He just sort of fell off a balcony, and that was how he died. Like he died by pure incident, like accident, rather than anything else. Yeah, but he just fell. It was satisfying to me. Oh my god. Yeah. So there's our opinions on uh, on that. That's that. That's that. Wow. I feel I'm like full of rage. Hey Bella. Yeah. I've just seen a ghost. Oh, bloody hell. Can you describe it? Okay, so this is a ghost that has had several sightings. He's come to visit us because I guess he's a nice friend or he somehow likes the Gorporium. Anyways, if any of you live near Hereford and Worcester in the UK, there is a place in Worcester called Rainbow Hill and this is where this sighting has come from. It's set, this is about 2005, I think it said, and it's on the Paranormal Database. Six friends were walking through a field near Rainbow Hill um, when they came across what looked to be a big white horse in the dark. When they got closer, however, and as the creature turned to walk towards them, they realised actually it had a human torso and it was walking on its hands and feet on all fours. We don't know what its face looked like, we don't have any description of its face. Interestingly, within the same year, there was also a report of someone having their windows open at night and long, white, skinny arms that didn't look to be attached to anything, so it just went out into the darkness, coming in, rustling around in their dishes, in their sink, and then leaving. So... That is who is visiting us today, and he's doing our dishes. <laughs> I was quiet through that because I was so horrified trying to envision this creature. Oh, it's so horrible. A man who walks on all fours but is kind of built like a skinny horse. We don't know what his yeah, face like looks like. Horse. And he reaches his hands inside your open wi- Well, it's good that I keep all oh, the Gorporium know, windows like- locked, other than this one that you've unlocked for him to do the dishes, which is fine. Yeah, well, he's, we'll leave him, he's um, fine. He's just doing our dishes, and then I'm going to leave. Treats on the windowsill. Yeah, what like what do horses like sugar cubes and apples? Yeah, carrots maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll like give when him you some. know you know when you leave out like carrots for the reindeer at Christmas time. Yes, it's like that. I'm leaving out sugar cubes for the long armed <laughs> horse. <laughs> He's friendly to us, but only because we've been leaving him treats. But if you're walking around Rainbow Hill and Worcestershire, watch the fuck out because I know I'm never going back there. I, I mean, don't like the, the idea that he just sort of approaches you, you know, like a stray animal, because I don't know what his intentions are. 
Yeah, are if they it was good? Like if he just are stayed they away evil? from me, then fine. But the fact that he like came towards this group of six people is horrible. That's not to me. If I just saw that staggering right. towards me whilst I was drunk, I don't know. I would like wee myself. I think. I think I would just. I'd, I'd end it. I'd just lay down and accept <laughs> my fate. That's the end for me. All right, and now it's time for Bella's favorite segment. Ask the public. Yay! In which I uh, trawl through Amazon reviews of the movie that we have just watched and just try and pick out the funniest ones that are generally pretty demented. This one I've chosen a mixture of five star and one star yeah. reviews. So I've gone for the extremities. Okay. All right. That makes the most sense you to ready? me. Yeah. The first couple are like five stars. Okay. Interesting. Right. Yep. <laughs> By super user. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yeah. That's a very strange reaction to have to this movie. Five stars. Uh, five stars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Must see by Banger. Loved it. Met my horror movie standards and found it quite entertaining. I watch horror movies of all genres and it didn't get to kiss kissy. What? Don't know what ki- sex. Does that mean sex? That's not. That doesn't mean anything, as far as I can tell. Right. Love exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark by Paige. This is my favorite movie of all times. It is so creepy. I have watched it over 10 times now and I have not had any problems with it at all. What the f- I'm concerned that this is the only movie Paige has ever seen. I think that that, yeah. I also like that she says she's watched it over and over again as never had any problems. As if like, I don't yeah. know, upon the fifth watch, it would- She'd be like, oh, it's giving me shit It's giving today. me shit this time. I don't like it this time. And then she watches it for the sixth time. She's like, no, you know what? I'm back on it. That's, I'm confused as to what she means. I Yeah, she's referring to it as if it's like a difficult boyfriend. Yeah, like never oh, given he's me not any giving problems. me any problem today. Like, the fuck? Alright. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> Very good by Ashley. Very good scary movie. Not like the ones they make today. <laughs> it's better from beginning to end. It is great. What? Not like the ones they make today. When was this reviewed? Does it say? Well, the movie only came out in bloody 2009. Yeah, that's not that. Like, that's still 21st century horror. I just think it's very funny to say very good scary movie, not like the ones they make today, as if it's from, like, the 70s. Like, you don't say that about a movie that's at most 10 years old. No, that's a very weird thing to say. I think the review was from like 2016 or something. So it wasn't even a decade old. So I don't (laughs) know what Ashley is talking about. Five years later. Like what are you? Come on, Ashley. Right. All right. So then we've got some sort of mid tier reviews. So those ones are all five stars. I think this one's like a three star. I thought I'd like it better by Hot Mess. I thought I'd like it better than what it was. I have no idea what to expect out of this movie, but whatever it was, I didn't really get it. And I would just like to clarify that's all in capitals, so they are yelling this. Oh! I thought I'd like it better than what it was. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. 
I, I'm reading it now, but I have no idea what to expect out of this movie. But whatever it was, it I didn't really get it. The the tense is all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Have they already seen it? Have they not? We'll never know. Who knows? All right. But it just seemed kind of stupid to me by Verity. Not sure why, but it just seemed kind of stupid to me. Honestly, Verity. You're right. That's what a lot of these reviews are like, though. That they're just like, I don't know why I thought this was garbage, but it, it is just garbage. is like, I hope, inexplicably. I hope we have unmasked to our listeners as to why why it, it was is. garbage. So yeah. interesting. Thank you, Verity, for your input. <laughs> Chiling, which is supposed to be chilling, but <laughs> by um, anonymous, it was an all right movie. Nothing to jump up and down about. <laughs> One star. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Chiling. What the dumb and stupid garbage by 80s child. I can't believe the good director and the great Michael Bay, they come up with this slow ass horror movie, as they call it. I was so <laughs> bored of that starring going back and forth with the kid same old paste over and over with cheap scare just the whole thing is mess lame and awful most of the strange scenes were in the theater trailer so you knew what's going to happen next skip this garbage not roth it i could not agree more frankly Oh yeah, we also forgot to mention that Michael Bay was a producer on this film, which is, uh, again, absolutely absurd. I forgot about that. And this is the funniest thing about this review is I can't believe this director and the great Michael Bay yeah, came up with this. Such a Whereas, bold well, statement. <clears throat> I've got to say, I absolutely can believe that Michael Bay was a producer on I this movie. I think I can. Have you, seen, have you seen Michael Bay movies? Anybody? Yeah, then generally speaking... Actually, I'm going to look up a list of Michael Bay's films because I want to know if there's any that I actually like. I'm going to say no, but you can read them to me. And okay, I'll, well, I'll, this is a... I'll relay my opinion. This, I have to say this is a bad start because I just searched Michael Bay into Goggle and one of the first things that came up is Michael Bay COVID movie. So, God yes, for he is, fucking he bid. is making this weird covid movie but it seems to be anti-mask like propaganda. what you like oh all the maskers are like killing people who don't wear them or some shit i don't know i'm sorry i don't i can't that doesn't seem no 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 i don't think it's appropriate to make a movie about the covid pandemic whilst we're still in it yeah uh yeah so overall michael bay really sucks and so does this movie so you shouldn't be shocked right um continuing this one i just included because it is a deranged review because it uses so many bad like puns okay that's an interesting move let's let's get into a lot of womb for improvement ew 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 no all right (laughs) 
No. Better strap on some protection. Unborn is impregnated with cheap scares, a convoluted plot, and pathetically squalid dream sequences. If you are feeling a kick from inside telling you to push... Oh, ew! Push this into your DVD player, I must advise you, abort. Grab a hanger and kill that idea quickly. It's films like these that have turned the US into the red-headed stepchild of the horror industry. Nothing shocking, creepy, or interesting about this story other than the basic premise. Oh my god. <laughs> Christopher. Christopher, what is wrong with you? Okay, well that was well, that's, Christopher. That was that was our finishing Whoa, note. Oh, it's um, bad. Yeah. Deeply offensive. And on a dour note. Right, let's get into the scores then. Critics hats on. What does your critic hat look like this week? I've been seeing some very cool recently knitted or crocheted balaclavas. And as you know, I have a skin picking disorder. And so I was trying to think of ways I could stop myself from touching my face all the time. So I was thinking why not get a knitted balaclava? So it's a knitted balaclava and it's got two big like jester ears with bells on the end. This is <laughs> a consistent theme with our critics' hats. Um, but it also yeah, has- they're all jester-esque. It also goes down and comes into a ruff around my shoulders. And it is pink and green. I'm vibing with that. I'll have to send you some TikToks of people making these really sick balaclavas because they're so cool and I really want to make one. Nice. My critic hat, for this week is a little kid's bike helmet that doesn't quite fit on my head properly. Oh, it good. just sort of sits atop it. And then I, I've i got the straps underneath clicked in, but they are like pushing, like they are digging into my face. <laughs> They're choking you out. Okay, good. It has um, pink glitter on it. Lovely. Very tasteful. Okay, so... How good is this movie out of 10? I I think I initially wrote down a 3 out of 10. No, you know, what, I'll stick with that. I'll give it a 3. The only reason it even gets that high is because it has cool monster designs that I and cool puppeteering, which I genuinely thought was yeah. effective and very interesting and if applied to a different movie entirely would be very cool. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. the context of this movie cannot be removed from that, and thus it gets a 3 out of 10. Okay, it's a 2 out of 10 for me for the same reasons. I like the monsters. Yeah. And I also thought it was, yeah. Yeah, no, I like I liked the monsters. Yeah. Okay, so personal preference, despite your critical score, how much did you, like, enjoy yourself out of 10? I, you know, I mean, despite its flaws it was quite a fun watch because it was so stupid and so easy to like make fun of and like all of the yeah the character names and all everything is just so stupid that it did make me laugh a lot and thus i'm giving it one point up and i'm giving it a four out of ten i also gave it a four just because yeah it, it did make me laugh i found it unintentionally comedic and I mean, I wasn't bored. No, so that's something. Yeah, well, at least it did that. make me mad, though. Especially like, it did on make me mad, especially when you're talking about it afterwards. About it, yeah. And the second watch, I was starting to get like, oh, okay, I this is starting to piss me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fear factor. What are you afraid of this week? 
Well, to be honest, the dishwashing ghost, although he is being nice and is washing our dishes for us, I am generally upset by his long, pale, sinewy arms. So, it's him, I've got to say. It's the, the, the yeah, ghost horse man. Yeah, he's spooky. Yeah, I mean, he's nearly mine, but uh, an event has occurred today in which one of the gremlins had a very um, upset tummy <laughs> poop all over the rug and some clothes <laughs> that were on the ground. And um, I know that I'm going to have to clean poop out of a rug and clothing and stuff in the morning. And I really don't want to do that. So I guess stomach bugs are my fear of the week. Understandable. Okay. So how scary do you find this movie out of five? Uh, two, I think. I gave it a two as well. Like, it didn't do... I'm not thinking about it afterwards. It's mostly scary because it is incredibly insensitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, deals with upsetting topics more so than anything else. Yeah, I did find like that upside down man and stuff quite scary. Yeah. Like there wasn't, I did jump at some of the jump scares, I will not lie. Yeah, I did All too. All right, so my total score out of 25 is eight, which actually feels kind of high, but you know. I, it it's, it's it not that high, honestly. And mine's a nine. And so that's 17 total score, right? Is my maths right? All right. Indeed you are. And we've sort of revised our scoring system this week. So 0 to 25 gets fed to the monster below. 26 to 39 is placed somewhere in the shop, depending on how close it is to the monster or the landlord. And 40 to 50 is handed over to the landlord. Mm -hmm. And this week, for the first time ever, we are feeding this DVD to the monster down below. Yeah, he gets so, to have a snack. Bella, would you like to do the honors yep. of taking this DVD and going to put it in the dumbwaiter and wheeling it down to the monster Absolutely. below? Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Just pass it to me and I shall mosey He's my been way hungry. on over. Yeah, uh, you're going to hear some really loud roaring of pure joy in a second. She's yeah, he's going to demolish this. Yeah. Big time. Alright. Oh, listen to him. He's he so happy. Oh, listen, he loves oh, it. Oh, love him. Oh, God love him, that monster. <laughs> what a lovely boy. I wanna go smooch him. I don't think you do. Although he might he might gobble me up if Almost I do. Almost definitely. If we start feeding him DVDs more often, then maybe not. But right now, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't tempt fate. It has to be said. <laughs> yeah, he needs. Uh, he needs some more uh, sustenance. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it seems to be that time again. Ooh, time for late night snacks. Well, I meant time for our guests to get going, but you know I'm always down for a little midnight feast. What is your snack of choice tonight? Mine is a spider lollipop. Oh, I'm all about raw sardines in butter noodles. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Now, off you, Pop. We don't like to share. Why are they pulling that face? Oh, I think scared of the janitor. Well, you're in luck. He's frowning now. You can let him in. And you can make your way out. Be careful walking home. The janitor is not the only thing that goes bump in the night. And don't worry, he won't be back for a while. But 
we will always be here creeping around the Gorporium. See you soon. go i would just like to thank you for listening and supporting the gorporium it means a lot to us and of course a huge thank you to our editor and night manager beck and our executive producer and head in a jar brendan and our dad tyler massey for our theme song you can find his weekly music podcast at wmscp wherever you get your podcasts if you listen on apple podcasts and you like what you hear give us a star rating or review that's always very appreciated and if you want to follow us on social media we are at gorporium on twitter see you next time at the gorporium <laughs>